You're listening to a Core Education podcast featuring Nicole Gully and Cotton Pucky. So, Nicole, tell me about some of the big misconceptions and myths um, involved with language learning. Oh, myths and misconceptions, that, that, that sort of <laughs> is a little bit freaky. Um, I, like, I think, though, that as practitioners, as teachers, we we have some ideas that we take into a classroom which affects our the way in which we see our language learners and what we do and how we do things. So I just wanted to lay a couple, three ideas down just to, for people to consider. So I think the first thing that is often said, and most people say it, and I have been guilty of saying it and believing it as well, is that tamariki learn Braille or any language quickly and easily. Is that a misconception? <laughs> it's, it totally <laughs> is a misconception. But people say, oh, I'm an adult learner. I can't, you know, I don't learn language. Uh, I can't learn language very quickly because um, I'm, it, it's, it's hard for me. Kids, they've got these sort of malleable minds and it's, it's really easy for them. Yeah, young Which, brains to mould and old brains to gather cobwebs. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but one of the challenges, though, for, for kids, it, it really, for tamariki, it is a real mission for them to, to learn a language. And as teachers of in Māori medium settings, I think we need to be really cognizant of that and not just take it for granted that oh, they're kids, they're just going to learn. I think when you look at the research, adults, so teenagers and adults have a better ability to learn a language than our younger kids. And there's lots of research to, to back that up. What kids are good at are pronouncing the language. So they have, they, they pick up the sound system and they sound like a, a native speaker, but they have more of a mission that, uh, to take on in order to, to learn a language. I guess so, that would have a lot to do with um, experiences, um, where they come from, especially, you know, a lot of our children in Māori medium um, education aren't actually Māori as well, you know, so it's being able to to understand, again, where they come from, who they are, and yeah, all that yeah, type of absolutely. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And those ones who do come from other language-speaking backgrounds, they have a few more tools in, in their belt that they can use as well. But I was just thinking about one of my boy's friends who is a super bright, like incredibly, incredibly bright kid. He came into Krita two or three years after the rest of the kids. But although he was bright, he had some a few hoops that he needed to get through. But I think one of the main things is, is as educators as teachers we need to be creating we need to be teaching them the language I think especially in Kurokopapa Māori we have this assumption that kids will just pick the language up but we need to be teaching the language in ways that they're going to get it cool what else? The second idea, well, one of the misconceptions is that the younger the, the tamaiti is, the younger that the child is, the more skilled they are in language learning. So they're like a SpongeBob. <laughs> the SpongeBob SquarePants, yep, totally. Yeah, I guess when I think about my daughter in Kohanga Reo, you know, she'd come home singing songs and, you know, she'd only been at Kohanga for a day and she'd come home singing the songs. So I guess 
they are a sponge, aren't they? Yeah, totally. They they are sponges, and they can take on a whole heap of language. But one of the the assumptions is is that when um, children do become conversant in the language, then they have total control over the language. But there's that whole theory, the Bix and Kelp. So there's there's two different types of language. So there's the basic intercommunicative language, so the the face to face sort of language. It's that the concrete things, and that's the type of language that your girl would have started off with. So talking about those basic things. Um, but then once you start unpacking the curriculum, that's when the other type of language, the cognitive academic language proficiency sort of steps in. And so that's the, the language of, of education. And just because our kids are able to communicate in the language, it doesn't mean that they've built, built up all of the skills in those types of language and that, that kelp type of language um, in order for them to deal with the curriculum. So uh, one day my boy, he goes to Kurakaupapa Māori and in order to support parents at the heart in home who don't uh, most don't speak Māori they had math sheets in in English with English instructions and I really got for my boy although he had he could communicate in English he didn't have the academic language in order to be able to uh, do though that that academically in in, in English, maths, maths problem solving. The last thing we've been thinking about is that we have this idea that the younger the Tamaiti is, the more skilled they are at language learning. So it's important that we definitely get our kids in at Kohangareo or at early childhood. Um, and so when I say this, I need to, to say that I'm 100% behind um, total immersion education um, and that uh, we speak Māori in, in the home as well. But we also need to be c- cognizant of how things are here in, in um, Aotearoa, that we have whānau from different backgrounds who are coming into te reo Māori and education from different places and different spaces. So research, there's, I've read a lot of research and there's been some uh, research undertaken in England looking at kids who have learnt French at schools and after five years exposure they say it's actually not the young younger kids who are better at are more proficient at the language after five years it's actually the kids who have come into the language at an older age and there's lots of different variables of why that is but I think that is also a good argument at when we think about okay so if our kids don't make it into kohangareo it's not over so it's great we need to be getting them there and if that doesn't happen you know we might hit them at school and if we don't hit them early at school then we can hit them later uh, later on and it you know, even if we don't get them there, we can hit them at um, secondary. And even like you and I, neither of us learned Braille. Hey, when uh, we were at school, I, we both learned uh, after school yeah, in, in different ways. Yeah, um, I see that happening in intermediate schools too. You know, when all the kids come in from uh, different contributing schools to one big school and there's a bilingual unit, the kids come in there and there's so many varying levels and everyone is coming in at different, you know, different stages. But you can see the development of those late, in, the later um, ones that enter. You can see their progress. You know they can because they've got that that grounding in their first language that it's actually really easy for them to pick up the second language. Totally agree. And it's about there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. So we want our kids to be communicators, really proficient in Te Reo Māori. But there's not just one way, and there's not just one that you know. There's some good ways, but um, there's. Yeah. We definitely want to encourage lifelong learners, and if we say, "Oh, you know, this is the time that you can only learn," <laughs> where are we going with this? Eh? Yeah, so um, absolutely, definitely, any time, any place.
You have been listening to a Core Education podcast featuring Nicole Gully and Tung Pucky. Mm-hmm.